Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. Welcome to the sale ring. Welcome. Welcome all. This <laughs> is uh, and come all. This is gonna be this is gonna be a great podcast. <laughs> we have uh, one of our favorite guys yes, uh, on the phone. Mike, did you get hooked You're up? Very kind. Yeah. <laughs> I am You're very kind. I am very kind. That part's yes. accurate. But uh, yes. but that comes from the heart. Oh <laughs> yes, I it does. You wonderful are. to be with you guys. He is uh, Mike Brandley. Uh, Mike Brandley is uh, a trusted auctioneer and auction expert witness, and uh, I would say unmatched knowledge of both auction law and customary practice. It's almost like you're reading that from a website or something. <laughs> I, am re- <laughs> I am reading that. It sounded good, so it does I just sound good. I wanted to parrot it because I believe in it, and yes. uh, I'm a uh, I'm a true believer. Yeah. It's- yeah. Oh, you know. We, we want people to believe that. I'm endeavoring for people to believe that. Not everybody believes it, but then, you know, you never make everybody happy, right? I think we have all, all are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Mike, in all of your findings online, uh, court cases, your, your blog articles, have you ever found somebody that disagrees with the way you think? <laughs> have I ever found... <laughs> Anyone who disagrees. That's probably pretty uh, broad. I mean, like in the last yeah. month, have you found anybody that disagrees? Well, I had a guy argue with me the other day that you could have a minimum bid and an absolute auction. And oh. I said, I don't, know what, I don't know what planet you're on, but the planet I'm on doesn't allow that. Maybe you're on Mars or Venus or something, but not here, not on Earth. Yeah. He said, well, you're wrong. I do it all the time. I said, well, the fact that you do it all the time doesn't, doesn't mean it's legal. Well, the question wasn't whether it's legal or not, was it? It's whether you can do it. Yeah. And well, he's, he's doing it. So yeah, he, in uh, fact, is doing it. Technically, yeah. he was right, yeah. right? He, uh, right? Yeah, you can do it. You can rob banks. Yeah. You yeah. can go 900 miles on the, on, on the interstate. You can go whether nine, or not that's legal. 900 miles thing. an hour. Yeah. yeah. You better have a better car than well, I got. Yeah, I mean, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, well, and maybe you can do it, should do it. Is it legal to do? And some guys, uh, you know, venture beyond the pale a little bit and say, well, the risk is worth the reward. You know, um, I'm, I can do this and uh, the reward's going to cover up the risk that I have to take. I know there's a risk or maybe they don't even realize there's a risk, but they say, you know what? It worked last time. I'm going to do it again. You know what's interesting? And I, th- I think I, I've always found you to be a fair, level-headed guy. We, <clears throat> there are, you know, we struggle sometimes, um, and it's not as much that I would struggle um, in in finding alignment with everything Mike Brandley says. Sometimes I, I I I struggle to find alignment in the way that maybe some of the law is structured or written. Mm-hmm. I think it need. I think there's some things that need to be changed. As do you. You know, we right. had, had that conversation earlier, but in the grand scheme of things, if you think about the guy that you were just talking about, this is going to be interesting. 
though what he's doing by the letter of the law, um, advertising, let's say, for instance, the advertising says this uh, has a minimum starting bid, and it's going to sell absolute to the highest bidder at or above that price. And he's being very clear and transparent in what his intention are. Now, the argument from Mike's side, and, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll put some words in your mouth here for a minute. But Mike says, well, the problem is the, the way that the law is written is that technically is still illegal because there is a, um, what is the exact bit, yeah. language? There, there is a, uh, um, oh, I, I, I'm drawing a blank well, on it, Mike. But a reserve inside an absolute auction. I'm having an absolute auction, but I'm not having an absolute auction. Because there's a minimum bid or a reserve, or the seller can bid, or I can withdraw it, or you know, mixing the two together. And and if we if we uh, we may mention the term bright line, we might want to have a bright line between absolute auctions and with reserve auctions in that regard. That if you're having absolute auction, you don't have any of that reserve stuff. Well, here's where I was going with that statement: is if somebody because we we were talking right before this show started about. I said, Mike, why, why do you even care about this stuff? You know, why are you're passionate about it? You've testified on it. Why is it personal to you? Why, why do you want to see it done correctly? And you gave the most appropriate answer is because I'm being a steward of the industry. You know, this is the, the reason these are set in place is about consumer protection, consumers' expectations when they come to participate. You know, it's, it's okay to have a competitive bid process without, um, you know, trying to put up trying to put a blindfold, you know, and put earmuffs on people and say, no, nah, don't worry about it. Just keep your hand in the air. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> right. in the grand scheme of things, in those earlier conversations, and tell me one more time. So in the UCC code, an absolute auction is a, an auction with, uh, what is it? What, what without, is this? Absolute or without reserve. And isn't there something in it with no limiting condition or circumstance? Isn't that, uh, you know, part of which technically a reserve would be a limiting condition or circumstance? Am I quoting that correctly? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Such as seller bidding and and withdrawal and and bidding for the seller or a minimum bid or a secret reserve or court confirmation. Any of those things would suggest, well, that has to be with reserve because there's a, a qualifying issue here. Absolute has to sell to the highest bidder. Yes, sir. So here, so here's, uh, here's kind of now I'll, I'll kind of summarize here so I can shut up on this topic. But where I was going with that is the guy that argued with you. Some may argue that he is causing less damage to the industry if he, even though it's not the correct or the legal way to conduct that auction, if he's openly telling people that are coming this has a starting bid of $200,000 and is going to sell absolute at or above that price to the next highest bidder. And he followed through with that promise. He followed through with that. Some may argue he's actually causing less damage to the industry than the guys we talked about earlier that's using everything except for the word absolute to basically dupe people to coming to a reserve auction and and they have a false intention they're saying listen if this doesn't bring enough money you know i'm just going to buy it back or i'm going to do this or i'm going to do that and they're doing it almost behind the curtain it's like it's uh you know going to sell to the highest bidder and it's a complete liquidation and i'm going out of business and they're just they're they're i think that's doing more damage to the industry and to consumer protection than the first guy would you agree with that 
I, I would agree with that. I, at least the guy earlier that you talked about, well, I am going to sell it, as he says, absolute over this minimum bid. And he really does that. Everybody knew what the minimum bid is. Mm-hmm. He's placing the word absolute is the problem there. He's mixing it into something that's not absolute, um, which is his harm. But it ended all, you know, we have that phrase, all's well that ends well. It ended well. So maybe maybe not as much harm certainly not as much harm as the guy who's, as you said, so appropriately duping people into believing it's an absolute auction or without reserve auction when it's not. Yes. If, if we could quote uh, former president Bush, uh, trickery. Trickery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe uh, they're trying some trickery right trickery. now. That's, that's yeah. right. I Oh, well, I thought that October's coming, and and we all know trickery treats right around the corner, right? Oh so, <laughs> look out! Halloween's right around the corner. Here's um, the kid. No more trickery. So this latest, uh, well, That's actually, what we're titling this show, by the way, trickery yeah, or tri- treat. <laughs> trickery or treat with Mike Bradley. Explicit bright lines. Explicit bright lines. Bright lines. We can't talk at all anymore. Sunflower seeds. <laughs> so it's not your latest um, blog, but it it was the uh, it was the topic of discussion for this podcast um, number twentieth. Uh, excuse me, number twenty. I guess Tuesday. Tuesday, September twentieth is when this was published. On. And I talked there about is a date at the auction. <laughs> I brought it up in yes. that. Uh, class uh because it was really going on at that moment mm-hmm. and i said got, got a case pending here and they haven't made a decision yet the testimony is over but the court can take you know uh 30 days 60 days whatever to reach a conclusion so we're in that stage we're waiting to hear but i i listened to the testimony and i thought or read and and looked at and listened and uh, it seems clear the court's going to say yeah we need to establish this bright line yeah and sometimes it's difficult when you have practitioners in uh, in America that um, have just they they've gotten accustomed to doing things a certain way for yeah thirty years forty years and it's like oh I think that's a bunch of hooey baloo well it's it's fine you know then don't worry about it it's everything's fine until it's not mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and well if a you think of- there's attorneys in your backyard that are not reading the outcome of these cases out there, um, I, I, you may hopefully you retire, get out of the business before lightning strikes. Yeah, right, right. Um, you know, you haven't had a problem yet. You you're pointed towards having a problem, but you know, even if you do uh, succeed at, at continuing this practice, it's ill advised. What's the benefit? Mm-hmm. And more money. It, more money. Yeah, I'm. I'm working for. So here's the here's a common uh, common phrase that I know you've <laughs> you've heard many many times as of I in this career. Is I'm I'm working for the seller. Mm-hmm. My yeah. job's to get as much money as I can for that seller. And I said, well, that bank down the road's full of money. I want you to go down there and rob it and give the seller <laughs> that money. Right, right. Well, I'm not going to do anything illegal. You you mean again? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you you have to be you have to. I mean, there's a lot of light getting shed on this, and this is not the 1970s or 80s anymore. You can't be the same practitioner that uh, that you were at an early age because we don't live in the same kind of a society that we did back then. Right. It didn't take. I I uh, got up this morning, made some coffee. It didn't take me any more than logging on to Facebook. I've been tagged in a post, and the post is that this guy is selling uh, a farm of some sort, land, I'm not sure, absolute to the high bidder, and it has a $300,000 minimum bid. Yeah. And the guy tags me in the post and says, Mike, what do you make of this? <laughs> well, it doesn't sound absolute to me. Um, and, you know, th- this guy was just trolling ads on, on, you know, through Google or on the Internet or whatever and ran across it and shared it and said, here, here's another example of guys that don't know what they're doing. His conclusion was this auctioneer is ill-informed or doesn't understand. Mike, is there some common ground in the – so let's let's focus on those for a minute. <clears throat> the um, The starting bid or the minimum opening bid, is there some common ground out there that both meets a legal requirement and – it would satisfy any, um, you know, in uh, protection for the consumer, for the audience that's coming. And what I mean by that is, because uh, I assume in that ad they're using the word absolute, which is a no-go. You know, you've made that abundantly clear for years. What if it's a minimum starting bid with the connotation in there that the farm is going to be sold above this price? But I don't call it an absolute or a no reserve or an unreserved auction. I'm just I'm I'm painting now the picture that we're going to open the bid up at this price, and once somebody bids or or it uh, it receives a bid above that, it is going to be sold to the next highest bidder. Yes, I think that's all virtually perfect because here's the minimum bid, so you know what you have to come prepared to bid, and we're not going to take any less than that. Mm-hmm. And anything that amount or over, it is going to sell. Um, in my market, and we've been doing real estate auctions since 1990, um, we simply put in the ad, in fact, the one we got coming up, it says the appraised price is this, the minimum bid is this, and everybody that knows us, we've been doing this long enough, people know us and say, oh, so as long as we bid the minimum or more, it's going to go. And I said, yep, exactly, exactly. You have been, you have been listening. You've been paying attention. And where's the marketability in that? How do I work for the seller? How do I drive an audience there? and um, entice people to competitively bid on that, the minimum bid is soft enough that it's attractive to the market to get the ball rolling. Right. Our one, our one coming up, I'll tell you the numbers. Just We use a 70% kind of threshold. It's pretty common, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Over 70% of the appraised price or what we think it's worth, then we're not going to fool with it. Mm-hmm. If we get below 70% and the lower the better, then they say, okay, I got a chance to get in the deal, the prospect of a deal. I'm going to participate. Uh, this is appraised for 428700 I believe. Yes. And the minimum bid's 255, 255000 in round numbers. About half, yeah. quite frankly. Well, that the phone's ringing. Sure. And there's, and there's the way to coach and to set up a marketing strategy that will drive – um, an auction, a competitive bid process, which should, you know, in uh, in this kind of a market, if you can get multiple people competing on that, then that inherent nature 
of not wanting to lose kicks in and you have people mm-hmm. that are bidding. Hopefully they've read those terms and conditions. They're capable of buying it and you're executing an auction legally that the consumers are all well-informed and participating in and, and nobody is, uh, has had a bag thrown over their head. Uh, right. Right. And as we talk about in the AARE designation class at the national auctioneers association, um, if I just had the minimum bid here, a 255-440 to be precise, and not the appraised price, there's no context. So they see the minimum bid and say, oh, well, that thing must be a mess. It's only, uh, you know, the minimum bid's only 255 Right. A whole different ad gives the appraised price and then the minimum bid, and then they can say, ooh, ooh, now you got my attention. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's an opportunity. You have to create an opportunity. Otherwise, uh, yeah. why wouldn't you just put retail price on it and we'll, you know, we'll come make you an offer. Yeah. Right. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the blog. We've been obviously talking about that and, and kind of dancing around some of the subject lines, but uh, explicit bright lines and auction malpractice. Do you want to talk a little bit about maybe the um, the, the case itself and, and uh, where this blog, where it originated from? Sure. Um, actually I'll back up just briefly and, and mention that the UCC, uh, two, three is a controlling law that is written for goods, but it's routinely used and applied in real estate cases such as this. It was discussed in this case, in fact, um, and it was largely law around the United States by the early sixties. And in 63, we had a big case in New York, the New York Supreme Court, Drew v. John Deere, that I talk about all the time, where they advertised something selling to the highest bidder. And John Drew, the buyer of the tractor, or who he wanted to be the buyer, didn't get it, but wanted to be, um, didn't get it and said, wait a minute, you can't let the seller bid. This is an absolute auction. And the New York Supreme Court said, no, it isn't. It just said selling to the highest bidder. It didn't sell, say absolute. It didn't say without reserve. And that kind of started this, oh, so we can use those kind of terms to make people think it's absolute, Mm -hmm. but not really sell absolute. And here we are, you know what, 60 years later in round numbers, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and and we're still doing, auctioneers are still doing this. And this case, this is Williams et al. v. Jansen in front of the uh, Supreme Court of Virginia. And the case, actually, uh, to be succinct about it, was just that this guy was, he believed, was Jansen, was led to believe this was absolute. Now, he really should have known better because the Williams side, the plaintiff side, by the time he got here, um, recited the purchase contract to him. For example, when you're the high bidder, you're going to sign this paperwork and deposit this and have so many days to close. Well, that doesn't mean the absolute, it's an absolute auction. It just means if you're awarded the bid, this is the paperwork you're going to sign. So there's a lawsuit, of course, because he felt misled, goes all the way to the Supreme Court of that state in Virginia. And they're talking about, well, if you're reading the purchase contract to a bidder, that doesn't mean it's absolute. That just means if He's awarded the bid. Then he signs his paperwork. But then they veered over into, should we not have, as I've discussed with you guys already, a bright line? Should we draw a line and say, 
unless the auction's advertised absolute or without reserve, specifically those terms, then it's not an absolute auction. Mm -hmm. And the court felt, the judge, in fact, who said that to the defense attorney, said, wouldn't this just clear all this up? Wouldn't this just be perfect? And his response was, I disagree, respectively, I disagree. Um, we're going to have auctioneers tiptoe around those words, suggest to people it's an absolute auction when it isn't, and be protected from liability because they didn't use those specific terms. Right. And he's 100% right. Oh, we see that. We see that taking place um, all around us. We do. Uh, complete liquidation, going out of business. It's all got to sell. It's all got to be out of here by three o'clock, guys. I use that example at the auction expo. I said, I'm selling tables and chairs here. And at three o'clock, this room's got to be empty. All you buyers got to get your purchases out of here. I said, what's that sound like to you? Guy right in front. I could I could hear him. He almost whispered it, but I could hear him. He said, that's an absolute auction. Mm-hmm. I said, well, the, I didn't say it was absolute. I didn't say it was out without reserve. But I, I wanted you to think it was. That's the, I think that's the crime, loosely, is auctioneers uh, duping <laughs> bidders into thinking it, getting them there to the auction on the on the prospect of getting a deal through an absolute auction when in fact it's not yeah and it's uh so i want to ask this question because to me the buyers are just as important as an auctioneer and an auction company your buyers and your buyer base that trust that you build in the marketplace should be just as important as the sellers should be. Now you're working for the seller, but you're not going to be in the auction business very long. If, if you don't have any buyers, it, it takes, it takes two to tango, right? You you have to have seller and, and buyers to make this work. So it, it appears that people that you're, you know, would, you would, hoodwink is the term i would use yeah uh people that you would hoodwink to 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 come in under the osmos of they're going to sell this stuff i just drove four or five hours out here reading these auction ads this is going to sell to find out that the seller bought that back or had you know their their brother-in-law or cousin out there just running the prices up and and they 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 caught it back um I'm not coming to any more of your auctions, Mike, at that point. I'm right. I'm done with your company, and it looks like companies would work themselves out of business at some point with that kind of a mindset. You would think that the public would be sensitive to it, um, and I say that, and I know they are because it's been lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, particularly on large dollar stuff like these horses that I was retained in a case in Dallas. And it was complete liquidation, going out of business, retiring, moving to Florida, wherever she was going. And then they had a with reserve auction. Yeah. Well, now, why do I know about that? Why was that in court? Why was there attorneys involved? Because the buyer sued and said, you were having an absolute auction. And of course she argued, no, I wasn't. And, um, they ruled in our favor. They said the judge looked at that same paperwork I was looking at and said, well, while this doesn't say absolute on its face, it sure says every other word that yeah. would lead a, a bidder to believe it. It had clear intent to sell every single thing that day. That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. Had, yeah. had, had the intent. Mm-hmm. How did, yeah, how did and- they rule in that particular case? They ruled in our favor, the buyer's favor, 
and she had to sell some horses that she um, prior to that hadn't sold and uh, write the, a check. For the price at the auction? Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, there, I just don't think it's prudent for auctioneers to, if I was to, if an auctioneer came up to me and said, hey, you know, I want to get a big crowd. I want to help my seller. As you said, we're working for the seller. How do I get a big crowd? Well, don't lie to them. Yeah. Don't try to yeah. deceive them. Yeah. Your crowd <laughs> a, will stay uh, big next auction. If you, if you do good this auction. Right? Yeah. Amazingly, so, yeah. it'll get bigger. Yeah. yeah. yeah Every yeah. auction you Word have, more people will show yeah. up because you, uh, you haven't been running them off or, mm-hmm. uh, Hoodwinking them. Hoodwinking them. Hoodwinking. Yeah. Hoodwink. Duping. <laughs> Where are we at? Duping, hoodwinking. Oh. I know Duping. You were, you're looking for the uh, origin of that word, yeah. Duping, Duping. hoodwinking, and trickery. This and has been a great it's podcast. Blindfold. <laughs> trickery treats, yes. Don't <laughs> <laughs> forget that earlier. one. What did you say, uh, Mike? I said, as you said earlier, intent is hard to gauge. You know, what... Well, a court would have to look at that and say, well, what was their intent? Um, and I agree, intent is hard to gauge, but this court didn't seem, the, the Supreme Court of Virginia didn't seem to ask any questions about what bidders and buyers would think of this bright, bright line. Right. They, they thought legally it made sense to just draw a line and say, if you don't say these three words, then it's, uh, you know, it's a with reserve auction. But I know for a fact. In fact, what this buyer didn't even even without that kind of thinking, this buyer sued because <laughs> he yeah. thought it was an auction. You know, here we are again. Let me let me take the so let me play devil's advocate here for a minute. And you're the person with the horses, and their response to that is, "Well, I had intent. You know, I had the intent of having a complete liquidation. I had the intent of retiring. I had the, I still have the intent of moving to Florida when I can complete this dispersal. But, but the market didn't show up on auction day. I was fearful of that, which is why I did not advertise this specifically as an absolute auction. But I had all of the intent in selling these this items, property, yeah. mm-hmm. I just, I can't take half price for it. I'm not willing to do that. And that's why I didn't advertise that as an absolute auction. What's a response to that, Mike? Well, it's a, it's a little tough to put in an ad, complete liquidation, going out of business, moving to Florida. I'm not taking any horses with me. Let's add that. Mm-hmm. And then not have a complete liquidation, not move to Florida, take horses with me. And stay in business, which is essentially what happened in that case. I mean, if, you, if you're if you not sure, I know you have the intent, but if you're not positive that you're going to sell to the highest bidder, then don't tell me you are. Yeah. Just, yeah. just have an auction for that matter. It's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy, I say. Some of the it best education. Like some of the best educations in our society seem to come out of the horse industry. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I trained one end the other. Yeah, exactly. That is that is no lie. I uh, I traded horses as a young man, and I remember an an older woman that um, she was very very good to me. Made me a special deal on a pony. Um, for first time I ever bought a horse with a broken leg. And, uh, yeah, had the whole story. He he just he clipped his hoof when he was getting into the trailer. He's a little sensitive, but he'll be fine. Give him a couple of days; it'll be fine. Black yeah. and white pony, loved it to death. 
um, about a three or four weeks went by and that, that horse still limping around <laughs> and we had a mobile vet out there, had one of those little x-ray machines. He came out and he said, well, this horse's leg broke. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that was an experience. I called her up and of course she didn't know anything about that, yeah, but, uh, no. Yeah. One horse. <laughs> One horse. Who's this again? Your <laughs> <laughs> phone. Who this? <laughs> but, Mike, let's slip away. Let's hear from our sponsors real quick, and we'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Mike Brandley, and we'll talk about uh, intent. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com. The way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. So while we were on break, we were listening to the commercials. I asked uh, Mike a little bit more about uh, this bright line. Mm -hmm. And if, uh, because when you, you start um, setting, uh, you know, a more kind of a firmer footprint uh, with these court decisions, there, there's always pros and cons to those. And Mike, let's talk about that a little bit, you know, and the, and the bright line and what some of the, you know, ramifications could be from, firming that up on, on future decisions or issues. Glad to. Um, if we draw that bright line and say it's with reserve. Now this is of course, except for Louisiana, which does it the opposite way. Hmm. Um, so 49 States it's with reserve by default, unless you explicitly, and then we draw a line and say, okay, if you say absolute or without reserve, then it is. Otherwise, it's with reserve. That's that bright line thinking. Right. I, I think that's fine if auctioneers then use that methodology as as such, and and maybe more importantly, bidders understood it. Right. But neither of those things are going to happen. The the I think the better approach here 
is for courts to look at circumstances, gauge intent by looking at the advertising, complete liquidation, moving to Florida or whatever, going out of business. That sounds absolute to me. If it sounds absolute to a judge, then by gosh, it's absolute. And while that's a little more of a job for a court or a judge to make that determination and conduct that you know, evaluation, it would put auctioneers on notice. Hey, I got to be careful. Yeah. Because if I use words that are suggesting it's absolute, I a judge might rule it is absolute. So I better not use any term. I may I better not say going out of business. I better not say everything's got to go or selling to the highest bidder. I better not use those terms. And then they wouldn't. But see, with the bright line, the court's almost saying, go ahead and do it. Could they not just add more words to the bright line? Well, they could, I guess, but th- if you have a if you have a, a finite list of terms, <laughs> yeah, I guess how how it, what kind of dictionary do we want to write? Today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well, the, the other the other challenge other the other challenge yeah. might be is you may have somebody that has the the clear intent they're signing up for. Um, we're we're going to liquidate. We're we're right. going to sell everything. But it's a seller's confirmation auction, or it's a with reserve auction. We're we're telling you publicly, it's with reserve. But we are going out of business. That's a that's the reason for the auction. That's a reason for the sale. But I'm I'm not having an absolute sale. So then you you start getting into a gray area. Well, you know where's where can you you articulate the scenario that's going on without duping. You know, without trying to mislead the consumer to come to the auction, but yet you're paying a picture to them. Said, well, what's the reason for the sale? They're going out of business. Been here forty years. Uh, they have a lot of stuff they've accumulated, and they're making it available to the public. Um, but this is a with reserve auction. Yeah, yeah. It would help if auctioneers would say somewhere at the top of the ad or somewhere prominently displayed, "This is a with." reserve auction or it's subject to seller confirmation or the seller reserves the right to bid or something. But see, they don't do that because that's going to deter bidders and they don't want to do that. They want to leave the going out of business part, but they don't want to clean it up with the facts that this is actually a with reserve auction. Or at least uh, there's not much evidence that auctioneers are willing or want to do that. Yeah, You're making me blush. Because the very first line of our terms and conditions, you know, 90% of the time, almost most all of our auctions are subject to the seller's confirmation. Right. That is the very first term in our terms and conditions right up to the top. Perfect. We, we, we just say, listen, it's, uh, you know, these uh, the bidding is subject to confirmation by the seller. They have the right to accept or reject the bid. Now, that's yep. in your terms and conditions, but you're not, like, putting that on every ad you're putting out there. No, no. I mean, that's not going to be the heading yeah. in the ad. But we also don't advertise absolute auctions yeah. or selling yeah. regardless of price. Yeah. Or, um, And as Mike said earlier, we've been doing this for a very, very long time, and we have developed a loyal buyer base that there's a reason why they're continuing to come back. Right. Is because we, you know, we're not you're putting a gunny sack yeah, exactly. over their head whenever right. they show up and say, just, okay. just take my hand and follow me in here. It's going to be dark. <laughs> it's no. gonna be dark <laughs> well we're, things are gonna get weird things are gonna get weird but you know just you have your checkbook on you you'll be fine you'll be fine keep your hand up keep your hand uh, up you know i've argued and i just argued that that 
courts should consider context and circumstance and the various words used to determine if they're trying to suggest it's absolute. Well, if I use all those words and then add in equal prominent print, this is subject to seller confirmation or this is subject to reserve or this is with reserve auction, I don't think there's a court in the United States that wouldn't say, well, it was clearly a with reserve auction. They, they It's right there. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's right there. But in black without and white. that, yeah. I want, I want, if I could design it, I would have courts, this Virginia court doesn't seem open to it, but um, there have been some courts, they had a court, a court case in Ohio, my home state, that said, these words look absolute-ish. Um, there, you didn't use the word absolute, but it sure sounds like you wanted to use it mm-hmm. and, uh, and ruled in a different fashion, but that's the minority rule. Most courts have said, nope, you didn't use those terms. Yeah, it's so, not the law. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what you just described, though, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is what was the intent? What was the clear intent you were trying to relay or um, uh, use, leverage, to get people to come to this auction? And uh, that's, I mean, that is the foundation, the basis for consumer protection. Doesn't make any difference, you know, what materially, like what you, you may have did or what did they believe? I mean, what did you lead them to believe? And there's, uh, I, I think we know if you read a lot of the stuff that happens in consumer protection cases, um, <laughs> they believe most of the population are just essentially sheep out there. And, you know, if you, yeah. if you purposely go out here and try to scare them through the wrong gate, you have, you may get penalized for that because you had the intent of doing something wrong. Right. You're judged by those bidders and the public, and it's not so much what you intend to tell them or show them or what your print says what do they perceive? That's right. You run that ad. What are they seeing? And I think that one of the faults in the Virginia case, it look again, it's not decided yet, but I, I it sure seems to be pointing a certain direction. Uh, I don't think they're considering the the bitter side of the equation here, um, and the and the circumstances that'll result in auctioneers saying, "Yep, here we, there's another evidence that we can advertise in this misleading fashion." What's the key takeaway, Mike, uh, from from the the blog that you wrote? Um, it's perfectly articulated. You know what um, what has transpired, kind of what the the ruling or the decision was. The objection, I think, that was by the defense counsel uh-huh, and the exactly. witness, and and your you know kind of a summary of your thoughts. But what's the takeaway from the podcast today? Um, you know things like uh, being clear. You know, if you're having an absolute auction, advertise it as an absolute auction. If you're not, just make sure that the consumer understands, you know, the terms, what, uh, yeah. the term, the, like what, what actually is taking place, mm-hmm. like what, yeah. the, what the event um, is, what the intention of the event, uh, event is. Um, and where do we go from here? You know, what, what kind of summarizes for us? Well, I think, I think auctioneers should be alert to the fact that there are, court cases, there is litigation, there are lawsuits when they portray the auction as absolute, even if they don't use that term, especially if they don't use that term, use some other term, bidders and buyers assume that's absolute by the words or phrases or ads that you place or what have you, representations, and you're just asking for a lawsuit. 
And I, my advice has been for the last, what, 10 years, let's stay out of court. Yeah. So as you said, Sean, if it's absolute, it is your duty to advertise it as such. But if it's with reserve, don't use terms that suggest it's absolute. Don't, don't venture over into that area. Have an auction. Have a with reserve auction. Have a, a, a what? You can just, because in 49 states, you don't have to say anything. I'm just having an auction. Yeah. That's a with reserve auction. But once you once you start suggesting, yeah, I and I understand it because you want people to think it's absolute because then they'll turn out. But see, if you're not having an absolute auction, you don't get that luxury. I'm sorry. If you have an absolute auction, you get that luxury. Not just when you say or suggest it's absolute. Having done this for, for 30 plus years, um, there's, and we solve problems in the auction business. We're problem solvers. You will, if you stay in this business long enough, you will have somebody approach you that wants you to leverage your craft, leverage your, your profession to help them out of a ditch somewhere. They, yep. and yep. they don't care how you do it. There are people out there that said, uh, you know, would you take this on? Here's what I want you to do. I've had that happen more than once over the years where it just was not the right thing to do. Um, and, uh, I had a very in-depth conversation with a young auctioneer one time and, and he was struggling, you know, to get his business. And he goes, well, you know, that's, um, I, I don't know what I'd do if he'd approached me because, um, you, you know, maybe you haven't been hungry enough. And I said, no, I've been hungry enough. Trust me. I, I needed the work, but I've never, I never had the stomach for it. Yeah. You I don't just, need the lawsuit. I, you well, and, need, and you yeah. know, something is even if, it, let's say you never got caught and there's no lawsuit or anything, it just wasn't the right thing to do. It yeah. just didn't feel right. And I, I still want to be able to lay my head down at night and get a good night's rest. So, um, it's, it's not always that you don't need the money that bad. It's just that I, I still think that there is integrity and honesty mm-hmm. in most people that are out there and there's other clients go find them. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Our, fir- our very first slide at the auction expo uh, in the first class I taught for you um, was uh, look for the right sellers. You don't need everybody. You're right. Be collective and um, and service clients that are that have equity and urgency and reasonable expectations. That's what's on that slide. Find those folks and help them. You can't help everybody. You don't need to help everybody. We've got a very exciting profession, and we have a craft that's been around since, you know, what, 500 B.C.? I mean, there, there's something to it. I, I think that, you know, the competitive bid process will work. It's been leveraged more than once in history. So um, yes. I, I think it'll be fine. If you, if you apply that, and you apply it in the, in the ethical way, in the moral way that, uh, that it was intended to be, most of the time you're going to find a good, strong fair market value for those assets. And there are situations out there where you have market fluctuation or, you know, something ancillary that happens. But I've, I've, I've always, you know, we've, we've made a pretty good living in the auction business and I, I see a lot of other people doing that. So I don't, even if you're working for the seller, I don't believe that you have to just do anything for that seller uh, to own and operate an auction company. I think you can do that with a moral code and, and you'll be fine. I agree. I agree. And, and it's the long game. It's not winning this job or that job or yeah. starting out with a bang. Mm-hmm. This is being the forest for the trees, so to speak, and, and, uh, doing it right. 
pay attention to the rules, protect your client, do everything you can for your client, advocate for your client, and be a little patient, and it'll come if you do it right. There's no sense, you know, cutting corners just to get an early start to it. Um, this is a long game. Well, Mike, as always, we appreciate uh, your wisdom. We appreciate your experience, um, you know, for uh, uh, for a guy that's in court most of the time. Um, that's a, I love saying it like that. You know, my first job to get off the farm for 10 years, as, as a lot of people that know me know, I went to work for the prison system, and I said, well, it was tough. You know, I, I, the first 10 years of my life was in prison, so or my, my, my career, and, and uh, people were like, What? <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> um, oh, you can't. Uh, yeah, that's great. But we appreciate we appreciate all of your yeah. insight on here. And Mike, yeah. tell us again what the blog, what your blog is. How do people get to uh, your blog? Yeah, you can Google my name, Mike Branley blog, or you can type in Mike Branley Auctioneer dot WordPress dot com. It's kind of long, but it's probably just as easy to, to uh, Google it. And um, I try to publish. Uh, Minimum twice a week, sometimes three times a week, unless I'm really, really busy and then I can't get to it. But I've been on that um, kind of schedule for about almost 13 years now. So um, a lot of content there. Mm-hmm. There's a search box. So you don't have to read every article to find the one you're looking for. You can search and um, it's there for the taking. For the taking. I like Very it. good. And. Very good. Yeah. Unlike Sean, they're all listed by date on there, <laughs> not just numbered. There, that's a date, not a number. Well, how am I listed? Because you try to call this the twentieth article or something, and oh. it was on the twentieth date. It's, yes, yes, sorry, yes, den mother. I had to, I had to pull it all back. <laughs> den mother, Mike. Thanks. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thanks so much for being on and. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. That's uh, that's it. Listen to um, or, or watch and read Mike Branley's auctioneer blog. Lots of insight. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time inside the sale ring. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.